Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Growing Up Cast Weekly Feel Good Podcast. Where this week we talk about E3, we talk about the Friends Reunion Special, we talk about some new video games I've been playing, and my Fourth of July camping adventure. That's right. This week we got a couple things to talk about. A little bit of a shorter episode. But hey, you know what? If you listen to last week's episodes, that's just kind of the name of the game. These episodes are as long or as short as they need to be in order for me to tell you all the things that I want to tell you, including this right at the top. Uh, you will have noticed that today, two chapters went up for his Dark Materials book to The Subtle Knife. It's the final two chapters of that book. It will be the last audiobook chapters for a couple of days. I am house-sitting for my brother um, throughout this week, so I won't have time to upload anything. Um, the first chance... For a new chapter will hopefully be this Friday, um, and that will be the Amber Spyglass. So if you're a big audiobook fan, uh, they are obviously still happening. I'm just taking a couple of days off so I can uh, house sit and watch some cats. And then um, the the first episode of the Amber Spyglass will hopefully go up on Friday, um, presuming all goes well. And if you enjoy the Going Up cast and the audiobooks, feel free to swing on by patreon.com forward slash goingupcast where you can become a $5 patron and get access to my movie commentary tracks and some exclusive Let's Plays where I play some video games, including Pokemon and uh, this new game called Temtem. I got one episode of Temtem left. Um, I'm probably going to upload that this week to help kind of make up for the lack of audiobooks. Um, But I won't probably go beyond that with Temtem. I'm hopefully going to come up with something else here pretty soon. Uh, to kind of help fill that gap uh, from from a visual point of view. Uh, was that it that I had for news? I think so. Um, do, 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 just checking my brain fruits. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I hope you're all doing well. A happy 4th of July and all that stuff. I hope everybody's staying cool. Um, recently, I had like a 100 plus degree day. And um, boy, howdy, not having air conditioning of any sort in, in my house has, uh, has become quite apparent. Um, but I refuse to spend like $400 on an air conditioning unit when it will cool down in a couple of months again anyway. Um, and I'd rather spend that money on things like food. Uh, you know, simple simple uh, necessities like that. And if it ever gets too bad, I can just take a cold shower. But that is enough for me blathering on. Let's talk about some fucking video games. It's that time of year again. That's right, E3. And I know what you're all thinking. Wasn't E3 several weeks ago? Yes, yes, it was. Um, but I wasn't doing normal episodes of the podcast weeks ago, so I missed it. So we're going to talk about it now. Fortunately, at least from my perspective, this year's E3 was pretty boring. Not a whole lot to be interested in. I'm just going to rattle through basically in order of the, the presentations, and I'm literally only going to talk about the games I remember. So here we go. Uh, Ubisoft was up first. Um, uh, my recollection of that presentation was that it was mostly about uh, Rainbow Six, which seems a very competent shooter game, but pass. Um, there's Riders Republic, which looked awesome. This sort of uh, like um, massive multiplayer stunt game with like mountain biking and jetpack races and all sorts of dope shit like that. Um, and I used to love, like, those snowboard stunt games that you'd see in, like, arcades and stuff like that. Like, SX, SW, or whatever the fuck. I love those things. Um, or Trials. And uh, Riders Republic looks real neat. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, and then literally the only other thing that they announced that I gave any shits about was Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Which, to the best of my knowledge, is, like, the first fucking, like, real game about Avatar which kind of blows my mind, given that it's the highest grossing movie ever made, um, not counting for inflation, in which case, I think Gone Where the Wind still beats it, but I'm not 100% on that on that statistic. Um, but yeah, a, a new game set in Avatar. It looks like it's going to be a prequel to the movies because it's called Frontiers of Pandora, so it's probably like right as humans show up the first time to establish their base. Um, I'm intrigued, so that'll be fun. Um, and that was it for Ubisoft. Next up was Gearbox, and they announced, uh, Tina, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which looks like a Borderlands spinoff with some Dungeons and Dragons, uh, influences, and a, uh, star-studded cast of, of players. Um, well, maybe not, like, D&D players, but a star-studded cast. Uh, we've got such interesting people, uh, including, I think, Andy Samberg. 
Um, who the fuck else was in was in this movie? Uh, do, do, Ashley Birch, Will Arnett, Wanda Sykes, and a bunch of other people are gonna be gonna be all up in this new game, which is very exciting. Um, I love Borderlands, so I'm excited to check that out. Then it was Xbox and Bethesda because you know Xbox bought Bethesda. Uh, they talked about Starfield for like six seconds, and everyone was like, "Cool space game," and that's all we have ever known about that game. So that's over and done with. Sea and Thieves: A Pirate's Life is a Disney Pirates of the Caribbean crossover with Rare's Sea of Thieves. I haven't played it yet, but I'm incredibly excited for it. I love Sea of Thieves, um, and having Captain Jack there, but more importantly, having the soundtrack there, which is the real fucking winner. Makes that game just 10 times more interesting to me. Psychonauts 2, fucking Double Fine. I want that game to be really well received and to be really fucking good because maybe that'll open the door for them making more sequels. And if there's any game that I can think of off the top of my fucking head that I want made, it's Brutal Legend 2. So please buy Psychonauts 2. I need this to do well so I get, I get the sequel that I want, which is Br Brutal Legend 2. Uh, we got a fucking release date for Diablo 2 Resurrected, which is probably the, you know, if I don't get a Brutal Legend 2 mo uh, game, then uh, an HD remake for Diablo 2 Resurrected, you know, that's, or, you know, Lord of Destruction, I'm, I'm stoked for that. End of September is that, uh, September 23rd, specifically, for, uh, for Diablo 2 Resurrected, and I am going to play the shit out of that game. I'm so fucking excited for it. I, Diablo 2 is my all-time favorite game, so a remake? Hell fucking yes, let's go. Uh, Outer Worlds 2 got announced, and Outer Worlds was fun. I didn't play it for very long, but I did enjoy my time in it. And that was basically it for, for Xbox. Square Enix came around, and they were like, Hey, I really like Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's make a game about that. Game looks okay. Um, I don't uh, begrudge them for utilizing the, the intellectual property, because, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is... Probably, like, my favorite series out of the MCU right now, but the game itself looks pretty formulaic, and it didn't have anything, like, too exciting for me, so might give it a pass. We'll, you know, we'll see. They're uh, remastering the uh, pixel art for Final Fantasies 1 through 6, um, which is really cool, but, you know, if you're not a fucking huge Final Fantasy fan, then that probably doesn't mean a whole lot for you. But I also like... You know, a lot of people don't like remakes or remasters and stuff like that, but what I what I enjoy about these things is it makes games from back in the day, like, accessible to people, you know? Like, for stuff like that, you would need, like, original hardware, and that's hard to come by nowadays. You would need, like, a PlayStation, you know? And then you need the game itself, and that's difficult. But, um, they're, these, these are being ported onto PC, which kind of dramatically increases the number of people that could possibly play these games. Uh, and since I never played the earliest Final Fantasy I've ever played was seven, you know, that's six full games there of characters and worlds and stories that I've never experienced. So could be really cool. Same with Legend of Mana. Uh, that, that is one of the oldest game franchises out there. And that's getting, uh, I think a remake as well. Um, coming out, actually it's already out. Um, it came out June 20, June 24th. So there's the Legend of Mana thing already out. Apparently it's on the PlayStation 5. I should probably take a look at that because I don't have any play many PlayStation 5 games. Um, yeah, but that's that's all the way back from the original PlayStation. Uh, there you go on that front. 1999, my God. Uh, more Life is Strange, like remasters and stuff like that. Absolutely love Life is Strange. So good stuff there. PC Gaming Show. What did you give us over in the PC Gaming Show? I don't think they gave us quite a lot. I mean, a lot of things were talked about. Hello Neighbor 2 and... Uh, fucking Chaos Gate, Demon Hunters, Warhammer 40k, and other fun stuff. Mecha Jammer, Project Warlock, I don't know what that is. Future Game Show, anything in here? I don't think so. Scroll, 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 scroll. Uh, nah. Uh, there wasn't anything that I was, I was particularly caught my attention on, but I... Uh, and then finally, uh, Nintendo. I have to sneeze. Hang on. <coughs> Uh, Nintendo is bringing in, um, Kazuya from fucking Tekken to Smash. Woo. Uh, they are remastering some of the original Mario Party maps and 100 minigames for this thing called Mario Party Superstars, 
which if you never played the 64 version of Mario Party, then it's basically just a new Mario Party game, which is exactly what it is for me. Metroid 5 Dread, I know is a really big deal for a lot of people, but I never played Metroid, so it doesn't matter to me at all. Uh, Mario Golf Super Rush, which is already out, um, is uh, was, was talked about a little bit there. I haven't played it yet, but I'm excited to. Shin Megami Tensei uh, 5 is coming uh, in November, and the, uh, I mean, I'm probably going to get that game because, uh, if you, if you don't know, it's, it's basically Persona f without the, uh, like the social simulators is how I understand Shin Megami Tensei. But, uh, what do I know about that? I just, I just love Persona 5, so anything even remotely related to that kind of makes me sit up and pay attention. Uh, and then... I mean, we got a little... They're remaking Skyward Sword in HD. And then they talked a little bit about the Breath of the Wild sequel. Which I haven't, um... Played the original one, so that doesn't matter to me at all. And then I guess the only other game that I even give a little bit of a, of a shit about... Is Elden Ring, which got announced at the Summer Game Fest. Not even at E3. It got announced a couple of days before E3, like happened or wasn't even announced we just got like a trailer for it uh and a release date of uh january of next year for FromSoft's new latest uh fucking game and that just always looks great i love FromSoft games i've played them all um i actually have now with demon souls on the playstation 5 so there's there's you know i'm i'm always excited for the next FromSoft game and just the getting into it because that community is one of the most ravenous fucking communities of, of gamers that I've experienced. The Dark Souls community, like diving into the lore and talking about the items and builds and strats and all that shit. It's just, it's it's excellent. So yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked for Elden Ring. And it's going to be a George R. R. Martin story that's actually finished, which is fucking crazy. So yeah, E3 for me as a gamer was pretty hit or miss couple of titles I, I was excited about but nothing new that blew my mind it was all shit that i was i was pretty much aware of um or it's been announced and it's so far in the future that it doesn't even matter that it was announced now um but yeah i enjoyed it and of course i'm gonna just keep my eyes on the on the field and see what uh comes around in the pipeline and what i can get from my playstation 5 so i can justify that purchase by buying even more things let's move on to the next thing of the podcast talking about me shit that happened a while back like this bit uh let's talk about the fucking friends reunion special this is a bit of a this is a this one hits home for me because i grew up watching friends like you know you'll you'll interact with people and be like i grew up on rugrats and sesame street and i watched that shit too but pretty much as soon as i like started really forming memories you know friends was was a hip happening friends and i came into this world in the same year 1994 and so for those i i can i remember the finale of friends in 2004 we had the entire series on dvd i haven't experienced a piece of visual media in terms of shows or movies more than friends Simply because of the sheer number of hours it takes to watch Friends and the number of times I've seen it. So, when HBO Max was like, hey y'all, we're gonna do a Friends reunion special. You bet your bottom dollar I sat the fuck up and went, really? Really? It's been 17 years since the finale? I have many thoughts and feelings about Friends as a show. In fact, I'm re-watching the show right now. I'm not gonna talk about that yet because I want to finish it and then do like a big fucking here's how Friends has aged spectacular um, but we're just going to talk about the reunion right now this reunion was made for me it was made for Friends fans who still claim the show was one of their you know favorites all these years later I hadn't seen Friends in probably since like high school by this time, so it had been a minute. Um, but you don't forget, friends. I mean, you, you, it, it sticks to your bones, especially when you've consumed it as much as I have. And so, things like seeing the cast in the original sets, which I'm pretty sure were rebuilt for this special, um, and seeing like how they've 
aged, some gracefully, others not so much. I'm not going to name names, but you can make your own decision. Um, was all great and good. And I, I, I enjoyed the fact that the special wasn't just another fucking episode. You know, it wasn't like, a, you know, here's the characters of Friends 17 years later. No, it was the actors, you know. And them reminiscing and kind of reading through some iconic scenes. And we got to hear from some of the writers and the creators and guest stars of the show. Um, and I thought it was all fine. Um, it's like, it's a little under two hours. You get some, some surprise guests. James Corden, I think is his name. Kinda, he's fine. He's fairly inoffensive. I don't go out of my way to consume his content, though. Um, but he crops up more often than I appreciate. Um, I think he was a better choice for that part as, like, host than, like, Fallon. I would have chosen Corden over Fallon, but, you know, that's, that's, that's me and my stuff. Some of it was like a little, yeah, right. Like, I'm a big fan of the show. I don't need to see other big fans of the show talking about how big a fan of the show they are. I'm a big fan. That position's already been filled by me, the viewer. So that segment, you know, I loved seeing the, the international impact of Friends. That's wonderful. But they went on a little too long, and I never really cared for crap like that. Like, it's just not my jam. Um, but I thought it was good. Like, it's not... It didn't blow my mind, and it doesn't really change anything about Friends. Um, except that we learned that the actors all thought that Ross and Rachel were on a break. Um, which is kind of nice after all this time. I was always curious what, like, they thought about it. You know? Because uh, I have my own thoughts and feelings about it, but we'll get into that later. Um, and I liked the fact that uh, um, Ross and Rachel, the actors, had like a crush on each other in season one. I thought that was very sweet. Um, I thought that was very cute. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. <laughs> if you don't like Friends, you're not going to watch it. And if you do like Friends, I'd recommend it. Just don't go in there with very high expectations. Um it's probably as good as we had any right to expect. Um, and I'm comforted by the fact that Friends is dead. Like, there's always that fear, especially in today's world of remake mania, um, that Friends might be, like, resuscitated. Uh, and it might be with, like, a whole new cast and stuff like that. That's a possibility. I doubt it. I very much doubt it. But it's a possibility. Um, but Friends, as, as I know and love it, We'll, we'll never come back. There won't be another episode. There's not going to be a fucking movie. It's dead. It's dead in the water. And that's where it needs to stay. Um, and if you want to experience it, well, hey, you can. And you can watch it on HBO Max. But I wanted to talk about that because, you know, that was a piece of media that came out that I hadn't talked about. So, there you go. I liked it. If you like, yeah, just give it a shot if you like Friends. And if not, skip it. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. If you've been listening to this for a minute or two, you probably are aware that I have a PlayStation 5. It took me several months of, of scrambling to get a hold of that fucking console. Um, and apparently, I haven't checked in a long time, but apparently they're still pretty difficult to get a hold of. Um, for several reasons. You know, that first it was the pandemic causing delays. And then there was a boat backup that delayed things by like three months, even though that boat was only stuck for a handful of days. But that's all it takes, you know. Um, lots of, lots of problems, and then of course there's this scalping, there's lots of issues in getting a hold of new fun tech. Um, but I got a PlayStation 5, and I'm here to tell you that there's not really a whole lot to do with that piece of technology. There will be later, and I can't wait for the later, but it's not later, it's the now. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of getting virtual reality when, like, the first generation came out. Um, which is exactly why I got a PlayStation 4 to begin with, it was a PlayStation VR. Because at that point in time, it was the cheapest form of virtual reality you could get your hands on. Now there are actually cheaper versions of virtual reality. You can get a, where it's just, it's all encompassed in the headset. And I think it's like 300 bucks or something like that. And virtual reality is radical. And if you don't have it, you should probably get it. Um, I no longer have virtual reality because I gave my PlayStation 4 to my brother. Along with the virtual reality headset. Because I knew I was getting the PlayStation 5. And I know that there is a PSVR headset 2 coming out probably next year. Um, that will work with the PlayStation 5. So that's why I did all of those things. Um, but as of right now, 
The number of PlayStation 5 exclusive games I have is three. And one of those games is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Now, I knew I was going to buy this game predominantly because there's nothing else to do on the console. Um, besides, like, watch Netflix and stuff like that. Right now, it's just a glorified streaming service, by, like, device. Um, later on, it's going to have this incredible gaming library. I'm just not there yet, you know? I'm just not at that point in the future when all these sick-ass fucking games that I know are coming out have not come out yet. So I just got to be, be patient. Um, but I got Ratchet and Clank. Now, I hadn't played any of the Ratchet and Clank games. I, didn't, I wasn't even sure which one was which. Which one was Ratchet and which one was Clank? I wasn't sure. So I, I tootled around on the shop there while Rift Apart was downloading. And I found out that you can get the 2016 movie tie-in version of the remake of the first game uh, on, on, for free. If you're a PlayStation Plus member. And I was like, oh, that works. Cool. So I'll download that. And yeah, it ties into the movie. Um, it has a lot of, like, movie scenes as cutscenes in the actual game. But it's also, like, a retelling slash remake of the first game of the origin of Ratchet and Clank. And, um, the game was short. I think I beat it in about 8 to 10 hours, somewhere in that neighborhood. I basically sped run through it. Anything that was optional, I just skipped it. Because I was mostly there for the, for the, the story. Um, which isn't much of a story, to be honest with you. Uh, gameplay was fun. Um, and the game looked pretty good. I mean, I know it was 2016 and that wasn't that long ago, but you know, visually it, it looked good. Um, the controls were ass in some points. Like you click to jump to the fucking next rail in the rail grindy section and it doesn't register. That's what you wanted to do. So you just leap off into empty space and die and have to do the whole thing over again. That happened more than once and I hated it. Um, so that sucked, but, uh, I wanted to play it enough. So I had a rough idea of who the fuck was what when I hit play on Rift Apart. Now, of course, I didn't touch any of the intervening games, like 2 and 3 or any of the spinoffs. Um, so any characters that were introduced in those games, completely unknown to me. So I basically just went into Rift Apart blind. And you can actually see the uh, the first hour of me streaming that game on uh, twitch.tv slash goingupcast, uh, where I stream occasionally if you want to watch me play video games for my PlayStation 5, which is uh, only has handful of games. Anyway, um, something I can say for Rift Apart right out the gate. Graphically, it's one of the best looking games I've seen on a console. I mean, I don't want to say ever because I'm predominantly a PC gamer and no console can beat a high-end PC because that's kind of the whole point. Don't get me wrong, the PlayStation 5 is a powerful bit of kit. Still not as powerful as my PC, but it's still amazing. Um, and that's the, the beauty of consoles, is that it provides these high-def, amazing gaming experiences pretty much on a budget, you know? A high-end PC could be anywhere between two to four to five thousand dollars. PlayStation 5, even the higher, even the more expensive version, 500 bucks. Um, if it wasn't for the inaccessibility of actually obtaining one of these bastarding consoles, it'd be a really good deal. And that's why console gaming is the best. For, for a lot of people, you know? If you don't have a lot of money, but you want to play new hot games, consoles are the way to go for sure. Because they're cheaper than PCs. Anyway. Um, but yeah, graphic-wise, the game is second to none on a console. Like, the fur texturing, the ray tracing reflective surfaces, the fucking, like, density of uh, people on the map, the, the detail work on, like, the most minute things. It's... It's a marvel to look at. Gameplay-wise, it's pretty fun. Very similar to the first game in a kind of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it sort of way. Guns are interesting enough. Um, the story is pretty much a Ratchet and Clank story based on my years of experience. Uh, just playing one game literally two days before the other one came out. Um, you know, it's not going to blow your fucking mind, but that's it, kind of not the point. It's just a fun gameplay. Shoot them up. You got neat worlds. You got fun enemies to fight. It's, it's witty, it's funny, you know, that sort of stuff. So I very much enjoyed my time with it. Um, the one, one of the only, like, big qualms I have with this fucking game is that it, the base game is $70. And it's kind of one of those situations where, you know, they increase the price of these things, and I don't like it. But there's literally... The only thing I can do about it is not buying the game. But it's like, well, I want the game. And that's 
that's it. You know, that's game over. You want to play this game, you got to pay the price to play the game, or you got to wait for the game to decrease in price. And then it just becomes a matter of my own self-control, which historically I don't have gr a great amount of, because when it comes to needlessly wasting money on crap I don't need, oh, I'm the king. The only thing that's stopping me from wasting even more money nowadays is due to a physical lack of space to actually put things away. I'm, I've basically reached capacity in my, in my fucking home. So if I wanted to buy things, they're gonna end up in like storage bins in, on my fucking balcony, you know? Like, I, I have no place to put them in my home that makes logical sense to me, you know? I'm sure I could squirrel things away like under my bed or something like that, but then I might as well not even have it due to its inaccessibility. So, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. If you're a big Ratchet and Clank fan, I mean, obviously you're probably gonna get this game because, you know, it's the next Ratchet and Clank game. If you're not a big Ratchet and Clank fan, I'm not sure I can recommend it, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, the sense of humor is pretty hit or miss. Sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's not. Um, it's definitely aimed at a uh, younger audience base. Um, like, this franchise hasn't really aged in maturity with its audience that grew up playing these games. It's more or less kind of stayed in that wheelhouse. Uh, I'm not saying it's necessarily, like, fart and poop jokes all the time, but, you know, it's... They're, they're not complicated bits of humor, and it's not complicated gameplay, and the story isn't particularly complex, and... Hey, sometimes that's great, you know? Like, I, I compare this game more in lines with, like, the LEGO games. And I fucking love LEGO games. Because sometimes that's all you want, you know? Is to just boot up a fucking game and just blow up a bunch of furniture and collect LEGO pieces and solve silly puzzles and deal with the absolute masterclass comedy that is LEGO. Like, sometimes that's just what you want. And if you want a fine, lighthearted romp, well then there you go. You get that game. And, you know, I... I I would recommend it, but maybe wait for the price to go down a little bit, because $70 is a lot for a game that's about 15 hours long. Um, you know, numerically it doesn't quite add up. And I will talk about this other game real quick, because it doesn't deserve its own segment, because I've only just started playing it. Uh, Mar Super what is it? Mario Golf Super Rush, the newest Mario Golf game on the Switch, um, is so far too easy. I mean, you, you, you aim, you click, you sink the, sink the putt. It's fine if you like golf games, but, you know, I haven't played any of, like, the more intense battle modes yet or anything like that. I'm just literally doing the campaign. Um, but it's, but it's fun. The only problem is, like, I have to play it on mute. Because each character only recorded, like, one, like, <laughs> lines. Um, and they loop and repeat with every line of dialogue. And if you're doing what I'm doing, where you're kind of sprinting through the dialogue because you don't care because you just want to do the golfing then all you're going to hear is over and over and over and over and over again and it fucking sucks so much dick so yeah i play i'm playing the game exclusively on mute because it's the only way i can handle it but it got so fucking grating so fucking fast um, and I can't get over it. So, that's a huge bummer. But it's a fun golf game. So, you know, there you go. These are the sorts of games I'm playing nowadays. Oh, one more game. Uh, Tetris Effect. Is that what it's called? Is it just called Tetris Effect? It might be. Uh, Tetris Effect Connected. Um, super great chill-out game. If you just want to play something mindless and listen to some really cool music and see some neat, like, fucking effects and stuff like that. That's some good shit. I also learned out that the pieces in the Tetris game are called Tetronomos, which is adorable, and I'm amazed I didn't know that from before. So there you go. Three games where I'd basically be like, if you think you're going to like it, you're probably going to like it, and if you don't think you're going to like it, then give it a hard pass. There's, there's None of those games are like transcendent to your own personal desires, because they're all fairly okay, and they're only going to be fairly okay if you're already interested in it. It's probably the next thing in the podcast. And finally this week, I know, I know, it's a bit of a shorter episode, at least up until this point. I don't know how long the story is going to take, um, so your guess is as good as mine at this point. But I went camping for the technically third time um, in my life, uh, but I'm going to call it the second time because the first time didn't really count because it wasn't so much as camping as it was a bachelor's party. 
uh, that just happened to take place in the woods. And I slept in a tent. So, maybe that counts? I don't know. I don't know how you define camping. But let's say it's the third time I've slept in a tent. Um, and the the game plan was, we were going to head out to uh, to my buddy uh, whose family has a cabin out near um, Forks, Washington, over there on the peninsula. Uh, and if you've listened to this podcast more than once, you probably know I'm a big fan of the peninsula. Big old fan of the peninsula. Um, and... Geographically, I'm the closest one to the peninsula out of the group of friends that was going. Um, the original intent for this weekend was to uh, finish our Curse of Strahd D&D game. Yeah, we're that cool. Um, and so we all headed out on, like, Friday. Um, I got in line at the ferry uh, pretty quickly. I'm only, like, 15 minutes away from the um, the, the ferry port. Uh, but the wait was like two fucking hours. So I'm sitting there in my car just baking in the hot sun while everybody else decided to drive around like up through, you know, um, like Tacoma, um, like the Narrows Bridge and stuff like that to get there. Um, and I decided to stick to the ferry. Uh, and eventually I did get on the ferry. I was only like one ferry behind uh, my goal. Like if I wanted to get like the 530 ferry, I got in like the 615 ferry. I don't remember the exact times, but it was basically that, you know, it was like one extra ferry. And I'm like, that's not that bad. And so I'm hitting the road. I'm driving through Port Gamble, which I do not like. Um, it's, it's like, there's nothing specifically wrong with Port Gamble. I just don't like how like perfect it is. You know, every house has a nice little fence and a nice little manicured yard. And you can just tell that how that whole town is like ruled by the homeowners association. It's also like this weird point in like the only main road on that part of the peninsula where you go from like 55 down to 25 as you drive through shitty ass Port Gamble only for it to be 55 again. Um, whatever. I don't have a personal beef with Port Gamble. I just don't like how like neat and perfect it is. It's bleh, It's a suburban nightmare. Um, anyway, so you drive through Port Gamble and then, um, my goal was to hit, um, Port Angeles for dinner. You know, it was, it was pretty late at night at this point. Um, I didn't really care about the time of day because obviously you're camping that night. So it doesn't matter like when you get really get there. Um, but I was heading to this, uh, sandwich shop called Frugal's, which is, I believe a chain. Uh, but they've got one in Port Angeles and, uh, it's like one of the only drive throughs I've ever seen. Um, of this ilk of like this like burger style thing where there's like two lanes on either side of the building um, but the food there has always been really consistent um, they have this spicy fried chicken sandwich that is like A plus so if you're ever in Port Angeles and you're looking for a nice quick bite swing by Frugal's and get that spicy chicken sandwich not sponsored but hey Frugal's call me um, I got two of those some fries and uh, an iced tea because I was like caffeine that sounds like a good idea and, um, at this point, I'm still, like, an hour and a half away from the fucking cabin, you know? You gotta shoot out all the way past Lake Crescent, and, of course, I pulled over at Lake Crescent, because that's, like, my favorite lake I've seen in my life. Um, and there were a lot of people there. You know, 4th of July weekend. Turns out, it's a pretty big weekend to go to the Lake Crescent Lodge. Um, I'm guessing that it was probably pretty well booked out. They've got a lot of, like, cabins and stuff like that, like, right there on the shore. Um... And only after seeing, like, a bunch of people did it remind me that, like, I've always wanted to stay at that lodge. You know, they've got, like, kayaks and shit, and you can just go out and enjoy the water and swim and splash around. That just sounds like a really fun weekend. Um, so I'm going to look into that. Anyway, um, yeah, I stopped there, and I stuck my hand in the water, and it was really nice. Like, normally, Lake Crescent is, like, glacial cold, you know. Um, but this time, it was... Like, in that four inches of water where my hand was, it was really nice. Like, it's a little cold, especially on, like, a hot day like that where it's just, like, blistering sun. It was probably just absolutely gorgeous to swim in. And people were. There was a lot of people swimming and paddle boarding, and I saw a few kayaks and a canoe. Just people enjoying the hell out of that lake. And I'm like, that's awesome. Those people are amazing. Um, but then I had to keep going. You know, past Lake Crescent. Saw a bald eagle. It was amazing. Uh, and then got to the, uh, the cabin itself. Of course, you know, it's this hidden road that unless you knew to look for it, you'd miss it completely, like on this huge stretch. Uh, and so we turn off and um, start trundling through the dirt, um, trying to get to the house. And that's when I see uh, the furry companions for the weekend. Um, the, the neighbor of where the cabin was located had two dogs. And one of them was this cute little black collie mutt mix thing. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's just Collie, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, and she was adorable. Her name was... Can't remember. 
Uh, I think it was Mina or something like that. It was just the cutest little puppy. Um, and then the second one is the largest dog I've ever personally experienced. And this thing weighed as much as I do, which is about 200 pounds. It looked like a Great Pyrenees, but apparently it wasn't. It was another breed of giant white dog. Thing looked like a tiny polar bear, and his name was, of course, Polar, as in the bear. Um, he is also the smartest dog I have ever experienced, but we'll get into that a little later on. Of course, these two dogs are running up to the car and woofing at me, um, like while I'm trundling up the road, and I didn't know the protocol here, like, was I supposed to placate the beasts at the gate with, like, a bone or something like that? I didn't have anything, so I just kept slowly driving towards them, and eventually they just kind of moved out of the way of the road and kept barking at me, uh, and I continued to trundle up to the cabin, only to discover that I was the last person to get there. Which, of course, is hilarious, because I was the only one that, like, supposedly took the most direct route, but I also, like, stopped a lot along the way and got dinner and stuff, but so did they, so I don't know how they beat me. Anyway, they all beat me there, um, and most of them had already set up tents and stuff like that. Um, you know, there was the cabin, and in the cabin there was a bed, um, a bunk bed, and a couch to sleep on. Um, one, two, three, four of us slept outside... And three of us slept inside, one person on, like, the big bed, and then another uh, two on the bunk bed. Um, but, you know, I use my camping equipment so infrequently that I wanted to sleep outside. Oh, quick, um, rewinding the tape. On my way over there, I decided to pick up a little something-something. Um, and that little something-something is perfectly legal in the state of Washington and several others, so I don't want anybody sending me mean emails. But I am sick and tired of every time I hang out with, you know, groups of friends and somebody has, you know, some form of the green goodness. Um, I'm just that shit who just constantly, like, bogarts other people's supplies. Because um, I had never had any to contribute of my own. And I was tired of that. So I, I went to a store, a dispensary, where they uh, peddle such materials. And um, I'm sure you can tell by the way I'm talking about it that I am not really familiar with this world much at all. Um, I enjoy it when I do it, but I don't do it very often, so that's probably why I still enjoy it. You know, it's just not part of what I do. Um, I'm very much a social consumer of now both alcohol and marijuana. Um, so I walk into the store, and I don't know what the fuck I'm looking for, or what anything is. It's all these confusing names and things, and you're looking around, and you're like, that's a lot of herb in a jar, you know, I don't need all that much. Um, and I'm like, just looking around, and like, I, I eventually asked the dude questions, and the one thing I knew going in was that I, I didn't want it to put me to sleep. Um, I also didn't want anything, like, smoke-based. Um, you know, I wanted something that was a bit gentler. Uh, ended up going with a, a, a vape pen uh, that has, like, this little cartridge of, like, oil. I don't know what it's called. Um, but you, like, screw it in, and, you know, it heats the oil up, and you breathe it, and it's kind of tastes a little like, you know, what marijuana tastes like. And um, I swear, like, I, I had a nice time using it, but I've had stronger experiences um, with marijuana, and this absolutely, like, was... This was one of the mildest, like, experiences I've ever had with, um, with weed. Like, the second time I used it, it was, like, huge fucking bong grips. And I was out for, like, eight hours. Like, that shit just knocked me on my ass. Um, I later found out that it was a mixture of a lot of different things in there. Um, it was some kind of sandwich. I don't remember what it's called. Again, I don't know the culture. Um, but that took me right the fuck out. And I've been, I've been hunting that feeling down ever since. Um... But it was fine, you know, and everybody used it. Um, you know, we definitely uh, sh shared each other's stashes. Um, but, I, you know, if you were to ask me that night, I didn't really feel anything. It was it was fine. Um, and that first night was a lot of fun. We, we, you know, lit a fire and we had all eaten. So it was really just booze and weed. Um, and we talked to like midnight. Um, and of course, you know, out here. Um, these woods are some of the quietest parts of, like, the natural world. You know, you go out to the Ho Rainforest and that side of the Olympic National Park and you're just out in the woods by yourself. It's kind of crazy how much you can hear. Um, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a cool thing when it's, like, in the day and you're sitting around the campfire talking to each other and you can hear a bee humming 
20 feet away from you in a flowering bush and you can hear it buzzing from that distance. Like, there's just nothing in between. You hear that shit. Of course, when you're camping and it's nighttime and you're trying to sleep, every little sound of the forest from hundreds of feet around you just pop off. And that doesn't help when you have this adorable 200-pound fluffy guardian who wanders through the campground about every two hours to make sure everybody's still there and is a-okay. Because his big, plodding, giant dog paws going fum, 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 like through the tents and sniffing at my tent door scared the living shit out of me the first time I heard that. Um, and then a little while after that, the sleeping pills kicked in and I didn't hear anything for a good eight hours. And don't get, you know, before everybody gets all up in my case, it's melatonin, you know. I'm not taking, like, you know, Lumera or whatever the fuck sleeping pills are nowadays. Every now, every time I sleep in, like, a new strange environment, I always like to have, like, a little bit of melatonin just to make it falling asleep just that much easier. Um, it's just my little secret. And, uh, you know, like, you go on vacation or something and you're in, like, a new hotel room or you're you're at a friend's house, you know, stuff like that. It's just, you know, if you're not, if you're worried you're not going to be able to sleep well, get a little bit of melatonin. Worked to treat on that first night. Um, and then we all woke up, or at least I woke up, and um, so did um, my buddy, whose cabin we were at. And he and I decided to take a little hike around. Um, and this was my second experience with how smart the dog was. Because we're, like, you know, getting dressed and putting our boots on and stuff like that. And pretty much right as we were about to set out, the dog just manifests out of the woods and walked the hike with us, constantly looking around for, like, danger and running ahead and checking things and running back to check on us. And apparently what he would do is he would sprint between us hiking and sprint back to the cabin where the rest of us were and then sprint back just to make sure, like, everybody was okay. This dog was super smart. No leash, no collar, no nothing. This dog was just super fucking smart. Um, and we had a great little hike, you know, it was very lovely. And then, uh, we made it back to the cabin and everybody else was starting to like stir and stuff like that. And we decided to go take a trip out to the Ho, um, national park, um, or the Ho rainforest, actually the Olympic national park. This is just part of it. Um, but it's like the far West side. So it's usually fairly inaccessible for like day trips and stuff like that. I uh, usually have to like either leave incredibly early in order to experience this thing, or you're staying out there for the night. So we shoot on down. Uh, it takes like an hour to get there. Uh, we drive through the town of Forks, which of course was popping off because um, it, the at this point it was July 3rd. The next day was July 4th. And there were just tons of people in town. Um, I used to visit Forks a lot when I was a kid. Uh, you would know that if you listened to my uh, Twilight audiobooks where I talk about it quite a bit. Um, and it was comforting to see that all of the Twilight-centric stores that I'm so used to seeing in Forks are still in business. Probably the biggest one is called Native to Twilight, which has expanded into, like, just a general Forks, um, like, gift shop as well as Twilight merchandise, which I thought was awesome that they're still, like, riding that high. You know, it's such a part of their, of their culture that it's just, it's just really nice to see. Um, they still have Bella's truck, uh, they had posters of Twilight all over the place. It was just, it was just adorable. Um, and we drive to the whole rainforest, uh, have a nice little pleasant drive, and then the line to get into the rainforest was so fucking long that we just turned around and left. It was it was like a mile of parked cars, basically, trying to get into the rainforest, and none of us were in the mood for it. So we turned around and went back. Uh, we picked up some snacks at the Outfitters, um, the, the Thriftway, um, and that was a lot of fun. Went back, ate some snacks, uh, and the game plan was to play, you know, Strahd, finish the campaign. And we played for, like maybe an hour and I was just so fucking sleepy I was so out of it I ended up taking a nap in my tent and then dinner happened um or no I, I was lying down before we played D&D and I got up and we played D&D and then we decided to take a break for an hour and make dinner and during that time I decided to take a second nap um and that second nap was just fucking amazing and then I woke up and we ate dinner and it was a, a uh, fucking uh, cornucopia of deliciously smoked meats. Uh, I think there was a chuck roast and pork belly. It was just awesome. Uh, and we ate that. And then I immediately felt sleepy again. And I decided to just say, fuck it. Uh, we would play D&D another time. And I just went to bed at like 7 o'clock. And everybody else was like really quiet. And then moved to the other side of the cabin. And lit another fire and partied into the night. Um, I did take melatonin, but it didn't really kick in for a while. So I'm just sitting there with like my eyes closed resting. While listening to like everybody talk around me. Um, which itself was nice. I felt a little bad, 
because uh, the whole point, well, not the whole point, but one of the biggest things we were supposed to do this weekend was play D&D, and everybody brought a bunch of D&D stuff, and I was just thoroughly exhausted to the point where it just wasn't happening. Um, and then I went to bed that night, woke up the next morning, and around 7 o'clock, I got up and started to prepare to leave. Um, I took a shower, I came out, packed up all my tent stuff, um, put it all away nice and neat, uh, it was actually really easy because it was like the first time I've ever torn down my tenting equipment when like the sun was out, which made it so much easier. Unlike other times when I've been doing around in like my phone flashlight, packed it all up, hit the road by like 7.48 um, and I needed to get to Tacoma because I had lunch plans at 1. Um, so instead of taking the ferry, which I later found out would have been incredibly easy to take the ferry, um, I was debating with myself the entire time on this drive because I'm like, I could take the ferry, go back to my place, shower and change properly, put my camping stuff away, and then head down to Tacoma with plenty of time to spare to go to lunch. But my fear was that going south on I-5 on the 4th of July was going to be a huge pain in the ass. And I would actually end up being late because of that. So what I did instead was I hugged the eastern side of the peninsula. Down through like... Um, oh god, can I remember any of the town names? Um, like Quillacine, uh, Hamahama, um, just town, or you know, little, little small coastal towns like that. All the way down the Hood Canal. Um, and I had never done that drive before. It was down the 101, all the way like down to Olympia. And then up into Tacoma. And I had never been on that drive. So I was constantly pulling off and like checking things out. Took a lot of pictures. Um, but then I eventually saw a sign for Mount Walker Viewpoint. And I'm like, I've never heard of Mount Walker. Let's check that out. And I should point out that this entire drive, it was cloudy and overcast. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of blue sky. And as I'm ascending this mountain pass, which is a one-way road or a one-lane road, like, all the way up the mountain, and you're constantly, like, hugging the side of the road as cars pass you. Um, it was overcast, like, the entire time. Eventually, you do hit the cloud level, and it's just fog. I mean, you know, you can't see 10 feet in front of your car. It's kind of terrifying. And there's, there's this awesome turnout where you can just see, a, like, a wall of white. There's just nothing to see. And I got out and took pictures of this just white wall, and there's just nothing there. Um, if you want to see pictures on this trip, by the way, you should go to Instagram. Uh, and Instagram.com, or, or I don't know what it is, but I'm at Growing Upcast on Instagram if you want to go take a look at not only the pictures from this trip, but pictures from all of my trips, including pictures of that fucking dog. So if you want to go see cute dog pictures, go to check it out on Instagram. Anyway, I kept climbing because I'm like, I want to get to the top of this mountain, even if it's I can't see shit, I'm getting to the top of this mountain. Um, and it was only like a four and a half hour drive up this mountain. It wasn't that tall of a mountain. Um, but about, I don't know. 80% of the way up, I get on top of the cloud level. And it's just gorgeous blue sky and this beautiful picturesque trees and stuff like that. And I'm like one of three people on the top of this mountain. Um, and that's when I got my sea of cloud pictures, which you can also see on Instagram. These these images of mountaintops punching through the cloud level. And it's just a wall. Like the floor is just white clouds as far as the eye can see. It's blue sky fading into clouds at the bottom. I've never seen anything quite like it with my own eyes. It was unreal. And it so much looked like waves on a shore. It was crazy being above the clouds like that. It was awesome. I heard uh, red-tailed hawks while I was up there. I think there was a nest of them nearby. Um, and what's neat about summoning Walker is that there is a south... Um, facing viewpoint and a north facing viewpoint and they're like 400 feet apart so you just drive from one parking lot to the other and you can check them out and you can see the view on both sides of the mountain um, it was absolutely gorgeous very much worth the drive uh, just to see that I ended up driving through uh, several small towns after that I got a bottle of water in Hamahama um, which was funny because uh, I needed a proper bottle opener to open that and as of recording this several days later I still haven't opened that bottle of water. It's currently sitting in my refrigerator. Apparently it's fresh water from Tuscany. I don't know. But I think it's just going to taste like water. I mean, water's water, you know? Um, but I have that. Uh, and then, yeah, I made it to lunch. Uh, or I made it to my friend's house with like 45 minutes to spare. We hung out for a little bit. Went and got some Japanese steakhouse. Went to uh, the Point Defiance Zoo where they had a new tiger. Just had a really fun day. At this point, I am thoroughly exhausted and I've driven for something like I don't even know how long I've... Like, that day, I think I drove almost 200 miles. 
Um, probably just a little more. It was, it was a lot of driving. It was something like seven hours of driving. Um, it was a lot. And then I got home and like immediately crashed. And fortunately I had the next day off because, you know, um, I get the 4th of or most people get the 4th of July off, but I work Monday to Friday. And so I took Monday off. Um, and that was my, my camping excursion. It was, it was a blast. I had a ton of fun and it was awesome seeing everybody. Um, and I hope that we can do it again. Um, some point before the year's camping season really comes to a close. Um, and speaking of coming to a close, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Going Up Cast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, and I will see you all next week for another brand new episode. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs>